three, two, one, roll the footage. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Simon Severino, your host. And today I have the Maverick here. Welcome, everybody. John Gucci Foley. Simon and everyone, glad to be here, man. I'm not sure Maverick's the right word. Uh, I go by Gucci. That's my call sign, but I like it. Gucci, I love your work. I love your message. You're bringing it across the globe, stage by stage. What's this T-shirt? Glad to be here. Yeah, well, you know, Simon, it, it's this essence of operational excellence with appreciation and gratitude. So, you know, my background, I did uh, flying with the Blue Angels. I think some of your audience knows the flight demonstration teams all over the world, you know, Patrol of France, Frecatricolori, all these other great teams. The Blue Angels happened to be one of the US teams and that's what I did. Also did some of the flying in the original movie, Top Gun. You did bring up the, the word Maverick and uh, you know, Top Gun Maverick now is, is really starting to hit. I can't wait for it to get over to uh, Europe. Have you seen it yet? I did, I love it. Nice, nice. Well, yeah, we can unpack some of that. I can give you the real story on, on some of that. Uh, but to answer your question, glad to be here is an ethos that I was really exposed to when I was on the Blue Angels. And what it is, is this idea of attaching yourself to a purpose higher than self right? What is something that you are connected to? In this case, when we were on the blues, we were called ambassadors of goodwill. You probably had no idea that that's why the blue angels exist is to actually inspire greatness in another human being. We just did it through flying air shows with jets. So glad to be here has really become a mantra to me. Now it's become a lifestyle. Sometimes it just means the little things, Simon, like number one, I'm grateful just to be here with you this evening. Um, I woke up this morning. You were the first thought that hit my head. I said, hey, I'm going to get a chance to be with Simon and uh, hopefully all his people that you're impacting. So that's to me what glad to be here really means. Appreciation for every moment in life and living it till it's fullest. You are such a positive person and you are so full of energy. How do you do it? Because many CEOs right now listening are yeah, I was also full of energy, but now I feel kind of tired. How do you manage to stay high energy? Well, number one, I do have a process. I think everything is you need a process and a mindset. So um, let's go to the, the process first is I have a morning routine, right? So I live in Sun Valley, Idaho. I'm over in the U.S. Uh, very first thing I do every morning I wake up as I start my gratitude practice. I said, what am I grateful for? Because it turns out, Simon, that gratitude and being grateful is a beautiful way to keep your energy boosted. It helps you through resiliency. There's a lot of science behind why when you're grateful, do you actually see the world differently? So why do some people see a glass as half full and others see it as half empty? Part of that is because the world's coming from us, not at us. So your energy, you can build. So it's very specifically morning routine. I, I, I wake up with a sense of gratitude. Second thing I do is I move, man. I get outside. It's, it was actually 33 degrees this morning. Um, I don't know what that is. Celsius. Oh, it's about zero Celsius, right? One Celsius. Um, 
I was out this morning. I took my dogs out for a walk. I'm in nature. I'm going through a, a routine of stretching and, and physical routine. I can knock these things out, Simon, in less than 20 minutes. Okay. That's the key too is because I know as CEOs, we're busy, right? So the point is I wake up happy. I have a morning routine, but I think the most important thing, and yes, I work out. Yes, I try to eat well, all that kind of stuff. But more importantly, um, it's having this purpose. And I think back to a purpose larger than self, you know, like you, you're out there helping so many people, so many CEOs. And to me, that's where our energy comes from. If you think about it, it's not the green smoothie that I had this morning. By the way, I got it right here. Okay. Here's my green smoothie. Uh, do I actually, you know, live the, the, the talk? Absolutely. I'm, I'm eating green smoothies. I'm actually uh, working out, but my real energy comes from this. And that is trying to make a difference in other people's lives. I really resonate with that. I run the Monday meeting where I am the head coach of my sprint coaches. Yes. When I am, when I run it badly, it's very different than when I run it correctly. Badly is I come in stressed and I go directly, all right, show me all the sprint dashboards of all clients, marketing numbers, sales numbers, ops numbers, boom, 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 boom. And in the end, the energy is low. And I feel yeah. that something wasn't quite right. If I do it correctly, my first question is, all right, everybody, magic moments of this week. And it's Monday, nice. so they have to think back to last week, but they do it and then, 90% it's some moments that they're grateful for from their clients and 10% is just something that happened in their life, but it's a different energy. I love that, Simon. I love, number one, you have a process, but you also have a mindset that we're connecting people to. So I love what you just described because I do that also in my meetings. I actually call it a general safe. And again, I got this from the Blue Angels when I was on the team. The first comments that we make are actually general comments. We don't dive into the specifics like you just said, okay, what's the numbers? Show me the numbers. No, we're going to get to that. What I need to do is set the tone, right? And so I do the same thing you do every meeting, not just Mondays, okay? Every meeting I start with a general feeling. See, I actually want to know how people are feeling. We're going to get to the numbers. Don't worry. Okay. I want to know you feeling good about today. Are you stressed? Are you um, overloaded? Hey, did we just have a great event? So I'm with you hundred percent. We go around the table uh, and we, everyone gets a very quick check-in generally how am I feeling? And now, and, and it's usually, you know, uh, however it is, I don't want people to sugarcoat it. Uh, and then the other thing, Simon, this is critical. If they made a mistake, or if there's something that, that the team needs to know, like you're late on a deliverable or, or something was out of parameters, you actually lay that on the table first, okay? And you let your teammates know that, um, you know, hey, I was off here. And then you say, I'll fix it, glad to be here. And we always end those comments with glad to be here. So that's how we start our meetings. And I learned that on the Blue Angels. You said something about stress and I, I want to learn from you because many of us normal business people are right now under heavy stress. The markets, mm -hmm. the supply chains, it's stress. And we are not built for that. You come from the aviation background. Mm -hmm. You know how to handle stress because you are built for that. And I want to learn everything, especially what can we do, the small business leaders, when our teams are under stress, what do we actually do uh, the right way after one word from our sponsors.
What if your business would run well even when you are on vacation? Discover how 1,600 business owners have regained their freedom using the Strategies Prints blueprints. How they enjoy living their dream and watching their business scale. Get the exact checklists they use to go from stressed to fulfilled using the Strategies Prints method. Order your copy of Strategies Prints 12 Ways to Accelerate Growth for an Agile Business on Amazon today. And if you love it, leave us a review. For more information, head over to strategiesprints.com. So we see our people stressed. We are stressed. What? How to handle it? Well, I think that uh, that promo was perfect for the side of uh, of how do you run the the organization, right? And you do such a great job there, Simon, with what are those daily, weekly, monthly, you know, uh, checkpoints, right? But what I want to talk about is where I think your question really is going is what about the individual stress? What about the stress you, you feel as a human being, right? What is it that you feel as a CEO versus your team? Because I guarantee you, if you're stressed, they are too. They may just be stressed in a different way. And in fact, they can see it and feel it in you. So it's important to acknowledge you're stressed, right? So back to, hey, if I'm stressed, I'm going to say I'm stressed right now and then give a little bit of background behind it. But but the bigger part of the question was, you know, how do you handle it if you are? So it's part of resiliency. I, I find there's five things I try to build in every single day that help me uh, manage my stress. OK, the first is my mental outlook. All right. So I am tapping into what am I grateful for? And we talked about that earlier, but little things like the sun is shining. I can feel the, uh, the, the, the coolness in the air. Right. So I'm aware that my mental attitude is going to fix, uh, is going to have an effect on me. The second is my physical. So again, I got to get out I'm doing a lot of podcasts, you know, Simon, I have this podcast called the high performance zone. Maybe some of your readers might want to check it out, but I was just talking about this subject with some of the world's leaders on fitness and, and, and psychological safety. How do you build an environment where people feel safe and therefore they're more productive, right? So there's a physical piece and some of that is just going for a walk. But here's the third one. And I think this is even more important. I call it the Gucci flip. The reason I call it the Gucci flip is I used to fly upside down a lot. All right. When I was on the Blue Angels, man, we would roll those jets upside down. And let me tell you, the first time you roll upside down, it's uncomfortable. Okay. In fact, it actually hurts because if you're going to go straight and level, I'm not talking about doing a loop. A loop's no big deal. When you fly upside down and you're looping, you tilt your head back, you see the horizon come up. It's super cool because you're under positive G. The earth is what's spinning. Now, when you actually roll inverted, and then you want to stay level and you're 100 feet off the ground going 500 miles per hour. You got to jam that stick forward. It's called negative G. And when you're flying in negative G, it's uncomfortable. The way you know you're a negative G, Simon, is your eyeballs start to get pushed out of the skull. Okay. Yeah, and I don't know if you've ever felt this, but the first time you feel it, it is really uncomfortable and, and, and your organs are going the other way, right? So what you have to learn how to do is what happens is normally same thing in stress. When you're stressed and you're in an uncomfortable situation, what do you do? You typically bear down which is the worst thing you can do in this situation because now you're increasing the pressure. You're increasing the stress. So what you have to do is you have to learn how to relax under pressure. Mm -hmm. relax under stress. And uh, that's what I've learned, not only physically, but mentally. One easy thing is 
take a deep breath. Now we say that, but I'm gonna tell you, what you really wanna do is three things. You wanna stop your mind. You wanna know quickly, you gotta tell your mind, hey, I know you're stressed. You're talking to me like I'm stressed, but that's not me, okay? I'm gonna be like that duck on the water where I'm, I'm, I'm calm on the surface, but underneath I'm pedaling like crazy. Any CEO knows that, right? Okay, so I gotta tell my own mind it's not in control. I'm in control, okay? And I'm mean, meaning the true self, right? And I'm like, okay, you think you're stressed? Yeah, I understand there's, there's stress. First thing, stop. Second thing is you gotta actually breathe. So you consciously say, let me take a deep breath. And here's the key. You gotta have the exhale needs to be longer than the inhale. So if you wanna calm your mind down, the exhale is how you do that longer than the inhale. If you want to actually ramp yourself up, let's say you're about to go on stage and do a big presentation. I want to do just the opposite. I want to get some rapid breathing because now what I'm doing is I'm amping up my parasympathetic system, right? But the bottom line is breathe. And then here's the real key. Most people forget this. You got to look up. And why do I say look up? Why do you think Michelangelo painted the paintings in the Sistine Chapel on the ceiling? You know why? Because when you look up, it opens up your throat. And as you look up, there's a natural sense of awe. And, and that's what he was trying to create was this sense of awe. So go outside if you can and look up at the sky, you know, or just even look up in your room if you have to. And just, just you can even say, ah. And when you do that, you're actually opening up this area of awe. You just try that, Simon, next time you stress and watch that level. Yeah, there you go. And I like you open up your arms. It's even better. You open up your, your chest and you just and you look up and just give a sense of awe. Just go, ah. It's, it's very hard to feel stressed in this position. Yeah. Hey, I do it with Beautiful. thousands of people. You know, I speak to thousands of organizations around the world, actually uh, a lot in Europe, by the way, and uh, Mercedes Benz, all these kinds of big companies. And I do get them to stand up after, you know, after a while, it's not the first thing I do. And I just get them to, to realize, you know, and do that, to look up, open up your arms. Amazing. So powerful. And you said, I'm not the mind, I'm my true self and I am in charge. You are not in charge which mm -hmm. I experienced today. Three hours ago, I was in the hospital and I had a, 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 a tooth uh, pulled. Right? A oh, teeth, good for you. A teeth pulled. You look good. You look good, by the way. <laughs> and before that, one minute before that, I asked the doctor, how painful will this be? I, I am, I'm stressed out here. And he says, yeah, it's going to be painful, but we have to do it. And then in that moment, I tried to relax and I told myself, Simon, it's just the body. You know, body comes and goes. It's just the body. Uh, stay cool. It's just the body. It's, it's, it's relative, right? It's just one part of you. And I tried to zoom out that way. And, um, and the second thing, when I, when I went out of that, he said, please sit down 15 minutes because it was a tough thing on your organism. So uh, sit down and for the rest of the day, you might want to relax. And then yeah, immediately I went home, of course, and continued working. And I was yeah. thinking, you know, my body is not shocked by that because every day I work out and every day I shock the body. So my body does not think that the default is comfort. So it's not shocked by one thing happening because every day there is one thing happening. 
yes. which is a little bit of a shock. And that's the purpose of working out, right? Yeah, no, I'm with you. So I, I took two things from what you just said. One is the awareness that your body, you're not your body, right? Your body is part of you and you better treat it well because it's the vehicle that, that that's going to keep you going. But your essence, or you could say soul, I mean, there's lots of different words, but the essence of who we are is not our body. You know this by what you just said. You extracted a tooth. Well, are you any less Simon because you no longer have that tooth? Yeah. Of course not. Right. So, so, you know, where does it stop? Here's, here's a good check. Well, what if I lost all my teeth? Okay. That'd be a little worse, but I'm still, I'm still the Simon who I think I am. Right. Well, what if I lost my finger? What if you cut off your pinky? What if you lost your hand? What if you lost your arm? What, you know, you can just take this to extreme. Where would you, where would you stop being Simon? And you realize that, holy crap, you know, remember the Monty Python? You know, you guys are great on Monty Python, yeah. right? Um, you know, where they start hacking off limbs and stuff. And I'm not dead yet, you know, and, and all that kind of stuff. But what it really gets to is that we are not our bodies, right? Our, our true self uh, is, is nothing to do with that tooth. But you should acknowledge it, right? That, oh, okay, body, thank you for telling me that there's pain. Because there's a reason the body's get, telling you there's pain is you know, it's, it's trying to protect itself. So I acknowledge my pain. I say, thank you, body. In fact, I got my dog right down here. Um, he's a Rhodesian Ridgeback. We just uh, rescued him. Uh, and uh, he's 107 pounds. Okay. I don't, you know, Rhodesian Ridgebacks. Do you know no. those at all? That they're huge. huge. Well, they're, they're actually Rhodesia from Africa. They're, they, they're actually lion uh, hunters. They actually protect the flocks. So this dog will attack a lion. So you got to figure out if this dog, if, you know, if it's going to attack a lion, it's a badass, right? And, but he's super calm. He's super mellow, but don't get on his wrong side. You know, the, the guy's tough, right? And so the, the point is that, um, that, that this idea of acknowledging your body is real important, right? But, um, it's the idea that, that you're, you, you, you actually are in control, not your body. I want it to tell me when there's danger. I want it to tell me that um, uh, I'm doing something I shouldn't be doing, putting my hand in a hot fire or something. But I control that. And that's why I like to do ice baths. Have you ever done an ice bath? I never did. I do the breathing part and then I duck out yep. of, the, of the bath part. <laughs> when I say I like to do them, I actually hate them. But I do them when I when I do. I don't do them every day. It's it's just it's just not my thing. And I don't like to do it literally with just a shower. If I'm gonna do it, I want to go for it, right? So um, you know, I've been to those seminars where you jump into you know like 38 degrees or I would say two degrees Celsius water. Let me tell you, it shocks your system, right? Um, but your mind can overcome it. You get into the breathing and you say, okay, I'm gonna be prepared. Bam. And uh, anyhow, that's what I think we're talking about. Um, yeah. This is such deep wisdom here. And now at some point, the, the readers might think, oh, yeah, he's a meditation guru. He is not. He is called by the biggest corporations right now to tackle the biggest questions. Tell us about your work on the stages of this world and with the corporations of this world. Yeah, thanks, Simon. You're absolutely right. The the messages so far these are these are things we learn deeper. Uh, the real core message I I like to teach is about excellence, teamwork, 
and execution, right? So how do you execute at an extremely high level? Um, how do you actually get your employees to raise their belief levels, to, to go to the next level? And I do it with a metaphor, all right, of flying. You know, when I used to fly those jets before the Blue Angels, we'd be at 10 feet, 20 feet, 30 feet in formation, uh, which is still good, but we found a process of getting down to 18 inches, so half a meter. So that's a 300% improvement in 90 days. Now, I know you challenge your audience too, that you can increase that improvement. And that's actually what I show them. I show them the process and mindset of elite high performance. How do the best get better? So not only how do you reach a level of excellence, how do you sustain excellence under change? Anybody been through a lot of change lately? You know, all of us have, right? So it's this ability to lead through change, not just adapt to change, to actually put in a process, I call it cadence of execution, which I use some examples of my flying days. We brief, which is mean we prepare before we go flying, okay? What is that mental, not only, what is not only your checklist, which of course is important, but what's the mental preparation? Am I aligned? Do I have my team flying in the same direction? I've noticed three things on any high performance team, Simon. You gotta connect, align, and commit. And so what does that mean? Why are we so thirsty to get together again? Why is the world opening up? Why is travel taking off like crazy now? Because we're thirsty for connection. The human being, we need to connect. You and I are connecting right now. Hopefully we're connecting to the audience, but that's at a certain level. Can you imagine if we were face-to-face? -face? That energy that would be, you can feel the energy. I can feel the energy in you, but it's even more. So we connect, but then we got to align, got to get everybody going in the same direction. I use my fleet squadron on that. And then we got to get some very specific execution contracts. And these contracts to me are not the, the written contracts, they're verbal and nonverbal agreements. It's trust agreements. How do you create high trust? And then the last one, I'm not going to go into it unless you want me to, is the glad to be here debrief, which is the single most secret sauce of high performance organizations. People, if you if you Google John Foley or even John Gucci Foley, you will find the most inspiring keynotes ever. And he is like on five stages per week or something like that. He will be too humble to say that. But it's like every day he's on a huge stage. And so many people listening right now, they would love to be for the first time on a big stage. How did you do that? What, how, what was the process? Uh, great question. Well, first off, I never planned on doing it. Okay. So uh, my background um, was flying, you know, military jets off aircraft carriers. Then I went into the Blue Angels. That was a unique experience. I think all in our lives, we all have our own experiences, right? And that was so unique that a lot of, a lot of light bulbs went off in my mind. And my job when I left the Blue Angels was how could I teach that? How can you transfer that knowledge of, of precision and excellence and teamwork to the rest of the Navy. In that case, I went back in a leadership role. But then like you and like everybody probably on this, on this podcast is that I actually had a thirst to reinvent myself. I said, you know what? I wanna do something else in my life. And for me, it was business. I wanted to be an entrepreneur. Hey, Simon, I couldn't even spell it, right? I can't spell entrepreneur, but I knew what that felt like. And so for me, I needed a transition. I was fortunate, went to Stanford Business School, got three master's degrees, worked in venture capital in Silicon Valley right around 2000 and 2001. Anybody else remember what happened? 
Yeah, that bubble burst. Remember that, Simon? I mean, I was in an oh, yeah. early, stage, early stage technology investment private equity firm, and uh, and it blew up. And and I remember being around the table with my partners that day. It was actually more than a day. It was a couple months. And we, 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 we have to make tough decisions. Like every one of your audiences as a CEO, you have to make tough decisions. Where are you going to invest? Who's going to get your energy? What teams are you going to support? Which ones are going to get the financial support? Which ones are not? And I remember a thought hit my head. How come? So this was my how come question, Simon. And for the last two decades, I've been trying to figure this out. See, my how come question was not how come the bubble burst. My how come question was this. How come some people outperform others and some don't? Mm -hmm. How come some teams consistently are better? I don't care if it's in sports and Formula One. I work with all the great athletes and teams here in the U.S. Okay, how come some of them are better and some aren't? How come some companies, here's the real key, can consistently outperform no matter what the challenges are? And some don't. So Simon, for the last two decades, that was a light bulb moment. I said, wait a minute. I know how this is done past on my past experience. So I reverse engineered what the best of the best do. And then now having worked with over 2000 organizations, and these are, like I said, Mercedes Benz, we went through a whole leadership event. Okay. I was just with Google here last week. I'm with Apple. I'm with Microsoft. I'm with Intel. I'm with the Bank of America. I'm with the biggest banks. I'm with the manufacturing companies. Um, whoever is the best of the best usually brings me in because they get it. They realize the reason why they're good, but how do they go to the next level? So you're right. I mean, yes, last week I was in seven cities in five days. All of those big stages, thousand plus people. Sometimes we do a, a small leadership event. Um, certain companies want to do that, but mostly it's big kickoffs with big organizations. And you just described going through a bubble bursting. And yeah. most people listening to this are in a bubble bursting right now. And mm -hmm. over the next month, we'll go through the process of how do I survive this in a viable way, in, in, in the best way? What did you learn from past recessions, bubbles, bursting yeah. that you want to share? Here's the real essence, right? And that is what do you perceive, right? So I, I said it earlier in the podcast. I believe the world's coming from us, not at us. What do I mean by that? Okay, so the bubble burst, all right? So my perception is it accurate? Maybe, maybe not. Okay. That's the point is you have to be clear on what information are you bringing in? So the answer to your question is first thing I do is I have to assess the situation. So where am I, right? What, what's the, where am I and where's the organization, right? So that's the assessment. The next thing, which is important is you got to paint the vision. Where do you want to go? I call this the high performance zone, the gap between where you are and where you want to go. The real skill, and we spend way too much time on metrics, all right? Metrics are important, KPIs are important. But what I really wanna know is how do I close the gap, right? How do I close the gap from where I am to where I wanna go? So in any challenging situation like we're in right now, I see that as an opportunity, okay? Now I may have to reinvent myself. I may have to make some tough calls, but the point is, is I'm looking for the opportunities, not the threats. Now I'm aware of the threats, but I'm not focused on those. I'm focused on the opportunities. And then I create what I call a four-step process, which is the strategic management theory will tell you vision, plan, execute, feedback loop. 
You know that, I know that, every good CEO knows that. What's the vision? Come up with the plan, execute on the plan, hopefully have a feedback loop. By the way, mostly the, the, the weakest link in most organizations that I work with, that's why your work is so important. You create a structure that allows these feedback loops. So why? So we can make some decisions. But here's the key, Simon. So that's level one. You wanna to go to the next level? It's not about vision. It's about beliefs. So what I work on is how do you get people to commit and buy in to a vision? That's as CEOs, that's what we're asking. We have vision, you kidding me? You wouldn't be a CEO if you don't have vision. That comes natural. Entrepreneurs, we have great visions, right? That's not the hard job. The hard job is getting people to, to commit and buy in to what? Your vision, all right? And hopefully it becomes their vision. That's the key. It's gotta be an us, not an I, right? So I talk about how to create beliefs. How do you create liberating beliefs? How do you overcome fear? Because fear is what's holding us back. It's holding back your people. When we talk about planning, I'm not about planning. I'm about preparation and focus. How do you actually focus your mind? How do you focus your team? How do you align them around a center point where you can get two jets coming at each other at a thousand miles per hour closer, cross within a wingspan? How do you get that precision into your company? How do you build execution through high trust contracts that basically say, I'll, I'll be on the flight line, you miss me, and I trust you with my life. All right, and then the debrief becomes the most significant part is because we create an environment of learning, assessing, reevaluating. It's where we started this whole podcast was with this idea of coming in with appreciation and gratitude, coming in with a general comment. And that debrief then, what it does is, Simon, it resets belief levels and you get this spiraling up process of high performance. Boom. People, this was a masterclass. Go back, rewatch it, implement it. The first loop that he that he displayed, and then the next one when you go into beliefs. Wow, this is what every CEO needs. Thank you for sharing this. And of course, because you are here, I have to ask you, what's yeah. your perspective? You have seen behind the Maverick, and now yeah. you you saw the movie. How how's how's the movie from your perspective? Well, first off, remember, I did some of the real flying in the first movie, okay? So uh, I was really excited to see the second movie. Uh, I didn't do the physical flying, but my teammates did, okay? The, anytime you see a low pass, okay, that's a guy named Frank. We call him Walleye. We all got call signs, right? He's an ex-lead solo pilot, right? So I knew a little bit about what's behind the movie. But to answer your question is I was blown away. I mean, it's an awesome film, right? I think they really did a good job of telling a story about teamwork, telling a story about purpose, mission, telling a story about a purpose higher than self. They did an excellent job connecting back to the first movie. Um, and then of course the flying scenes are epic. You know, I mean, the, the low level ingress flying, I mean, you know, I gotta tell you, what does it feel like to fly a jet at 50 feet? Let me tell you, what it feels like is at 50 feet, there's only a few people in the world who can do that at 600 miles per hour. And the, and the movie was trying to get that idea right across. You know, they threw in the Hollywood with the egos. That's not true in the real life. You're gonna be confident, but you're gonna be a team player, right? So the bottom line is though at 50 feet, I'm, I'm the jets, the world's going by fast. I still am very comfortable there, but you get down to 40 feet, 
All of a sudden, the earth starts talking to you. It is called ground effect. And, and it starts, the earth starts pushing you back, which is weird to have the airplane being pushed up from the bottom. Then you get down to 30 feet. You can really get in this ground effect because it's less than the wingspan. And you're feeling this pressure, which is actually trying to push you away from the earth. And what you have to do is take all your focus. You got to ease that stick forward because you do not want to tie the record for a low speed pass. That's the only thing you can do, right? And so flying on the edge is such a life-giving blood. It feels awesome. When you survive it, you land and you go, wow, that was incredible. And that's what entrepreneurs feel. That's what I like to feel as a business leader too. It's just a metaphor for pushing the limits, but you gotta know where those limits are and you gotta be able to back off because it's easy to kill yourself. It's easy to run yourself, your company out of money. The hard part is staying on that razor's edge. So I think the movie does a great job of, uh, of, of that feeling. Plus, I think it's a feel-good movie. You walk out of there and you're happy, right? It is, it's totally. I was laughing so much. And I was even crying in between, but I, yeah. I was mostly laughing so much. And that scene when they are at, at the beach and they're just playing, and then he gets criticized. What are you doing? I, you have to train them. I am training them. Look at them. They're becoming a team. Beautiful, right? And Very beautiful. Yes. So, ah, man, I'm so inspired I'm when, I, when I meet here. you. By the way, Simon, that scene you just mentioned, what he was, what he was instilling is a glad to be here feeling within the team. You know, you're building chemistry, camaraderie, and the best way to do that is not at work. It's getting people together outside of work. And uh, yeah, in Top Gun, it was the volleyball scene in Top Gun 1. It's the football scene on the beach in Top Gun and Maverick. But in real life, it's let's get our people outside. That's why these events, these big events I speak at are so powerful because people are getting connected. They're going to dinner. They're starting to, you know, integrate, doing fun stuff for charity, building bikes. And that's the key, too, is connect that fun into a purpose larger than self. Now you get a double double bang. I am always so inspired when I meet you because you are enthusiasm and confidence and action and and you, I can feel it directly. So if other people right now listening go, wow, John Foley, oh my God, I want to work with him. Who should call you? Who should not call you? Yeah, no, that's great. I, I'd say first thing is, how do you get a hold of me? Go to johnfoleyinc.com, johnfoleyinc.com. Just drop me a note there in the contacts. Um, I also have a whole team around me. It's not just me, right? We've got a, a pretty large organization. The answer to your question is, it's, it's actually pretty wide. Um, I'm best giving uh, what I call paint the picture, right? So how do you paint the picture for excellence and teamwork? And that could be in any size organization, all right? Then we do have follow-up depending on your size, all right? So bottom line is mostly uh, the large or medium-sized organizations, we go through an online, um, actually we can do uh, uh, verbal, uh, sorry, sorry, virtual, virtual uh, engagements. And I, I take them through uh, some virtual engagements, but it's team building, it's, it's, it's execution, the high performance. Individuals, if you're really looking as an individual, we're just starting to branch into the mental mindset of, of high performance. And that can be done online. So bottom line is uh, just drop us a note, myself or my right-hand teammate, Russ Patty Patterson, we'll get back to you. Um, and check out our new program on high performance. That's going to be really cool. I think you'll enjoy it.
John Gucci, Foley, everybody, one of the most inspiring speakers on the planet. And uh, John, who should be my next guest? Yeah, you know what? I, I, uh, uh, I could get you the CEO of Top Gun, but that's going to take a while. Okay. So um, in the meantime, uh, I just got off on my podcast, uh, a guy, Dr. Bill uh, Howard. And he's about psychological safety in the workplace mindset. And I think it'd really help your listeners because it's not fluffy stuff. This is, he's the best I've ever seen that talks about why is mental fitness important for yourself and your employees. So yeah, um, reach, reach out to me, Simon, and I'll connect you with, with, with him. Super relevant, especially right now, psychological safety. And everybody talks about it and not everybody knows how to really do it, right? So super relevant. Exactly. Yeah. John Gucci Foley, everybody. Thank you, brother, for being here and um, sharing your wisdom, your journey with us. Keep rolling, man. Hey, if you love what you are hearing, you will love our free masterclasses. Go grab them at strategiesprints.com. What if your business would run well even when you are on vacation? Discover how 1,600 business owners have regained their freedom using the Strategy Sprints blueprints. How they enjoy living their dream and watching their business scale. Get the exact checklists they use to go from stressed to fulfilled using the Strategy Sprints method. Order your copy of Strategy Sprints 12 Ways to Accelerate Growth for an Agile Business on Amazon today. And if you love it, leave us a review. For more information, head over to strategiesprints.com.